This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the UK Film Review Podcast's new releases section. I'm your host, Robert State, and um, in a very special occasion, I'm recording this episode whilst I'm in a different country. I'm in uh, Toronto, and I am in the middle of the Toronto International Film Festival, where I've been seeing many films and will continue to see many films alongside my mother. Oh, what? Hi, Penny here. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're here to discuss six films so far. Uh, This recording will be done in parts. uh, And, you know, if you hear any kind of audio jumping, then that's probably why. uh, Because, you know, we're seeing so many movies and we kind of just want to say what we think of all of them, you know, so... All right, let's hope that this episode uh, doesn't end up being too long, but, you know, we'll try and keep our thoughts concise but still descriptive. And we will definitely be avoiding spoilers for all of the films as well, so don't worry about that. This is 
it is going to be reviewing them, but it's also kind of an impressions one as well. And we will talk a little bit about some of the screenings as well at the end of each of these segments. So to begin with, the very first film we saw was uh, Bros, directed by uh, Neighbours and Forgetting Sarah Marshall's Nick Stoller and starring uh, Billy Eichner and Luke McFarlane as these two uh, gay men who meet and fall in love in kind of a bit of a typical rom-com scenario. Uh, it's coming out at the end of the month in September and uh, it's definitely a very mainstream studio comedy that I think a lot of people are going to see and a lot of people are going to enjoy as well. So what did you think of it? I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was really funny. I thought I thought the two main characters were great. I, I empathised with both of them for their diff- the way they, they handled the, 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 their falling in love and you know, not liking, not wanting to be into commitment at the start. Um, and it was, it was good. I, I didn't get all the jokes because some of them were American and, um, but that, that didn't matter. It was still amusing. Um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so too. Um, I thought it was refreshing to kind of get a rom-com that was sort of from the gay perspective and, you know, like very, very like, you know, deliberately and specifically and heavily, the gay perspective as well you know it's definitely one way you can see um billy's eichner's own like you know influence on script where you know it feels very honest a lot of the stuff that's being said and you know even the issues that are being brought up as well which i think you know helped it even when it slightly went into formula um still feel somewhat fresh and new um you know it's very yeah it's fun uh very sweet very heartfelt um our audience very much enjoyed it um and yeah i would assume that you will too you know if you're if you, if you are a bit of a stickler for rom-coms then i think you'll definitely like it okay so to move on to the next film uh that will be butcher's crossing uh directed by former documentarian uh dave polsky uh, and it follows uh, a privileged harvard young man who comes to the like country in america in the 1800s and meets up with uh, nicholas cage who plays this like um sort of esteemed buffalo hunter and they go on this journey to uh basically uh kill a lot of buffalo and gain their hides and then trouble begins along the way so uh this is one where there was a slight difference of opinion between uh me and my mum uh i would say that i thought that there were quite a lot of good qualities to it but on the whole i can't say i really enjoyed it a lot it was a little bit, um, although it did bring up a lot of interesting topics, I thought it was a bit threadbare and lacking in substance. And uh, although very effective in its display of this harsh environment and bad stuff happening and, you know, like even somewhat of a descent into insanity, I still felt that the film was lacking in emotional investment and having a lot of clear things to say. It's fairly well made, uh, has a fairly good score, and it is pretty well acted. So on the whole, it's re- it's in no way bad, but it just didn't quite click with me. I I just I really really liked it, and it's not just because I I like Nicolas Cage. It wasn't that? Although he was very good, I just thought it it was these four men out in the wilderness, in the heat, in then in the cold. You didn't know whether you thought they were going to die at quite a lot of points, and you thought they were going to kill each other. So it had me totally invested in all of them and I didn't want any of them to die even though none of them none of them were heroes and had a lot of very emotional affecting scenes of you know these hundreds and hundreds of buffalo being shot for no well reason except money um and that that got me quite a lot so I I would thoroughly recommend it okay all right yeah 
so to move on to the next film, uh, that will be one that uh, I think a lot of people will see and will get talked about quite a lot. Uh, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, uh, once again directed by Ryan Johnson and starring Daniel Craig as uh, Benoit Blanc. Um, basically, uh, to give any kind of a plot description would be a bit too spoilerific, but just to say it's similarly to the first one, it's him dealing with another set of characters, um, especially like very rich, very unlikable people. Uh, but in this case, this one, although despite similarities, it does actually go in uh, quite a few different directions. And uh, to me, that made the film work quite well. Um, I would say I really enjoyed it. And I think that um, what's quite good about it is that it manages to still keep the charm of the first film whilst throwing in these kind of crazier, more comedic elements. Um, and, you know, kind of even doing some different things story-wise, you know, and I think that the film, uh, it's very well ed edited. It's very fun. It's very entertaining. Um, the cast is having a great time. There are some great standout performances in the film. And uh, yeah, on the whole, I'd say it's a, it's a pretty like satisfying sequel. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how some people take it because I think some of how you will react to it will perhaps depend on your opinion on the first one. But even if you've not seen the first one, I think you'll be able to follow this one quite well. And I think you'll really enjoy it. Okay, well, oh, when I was watching it, I just kept looking at all these way over the top people doing really stupid things and being silly, and um, I, I just didn't care about any of them. I wasn't at all invested in any of them. I didn't really even care about it. I mean, obviously, um, Benoit Blanc was, was, was great, but apart from that and a few cameo appearances I, I when I was watching it I, I, I thought bleh, bleh. okay when I came out we went to lunch and Robert and I started talking about it we had an hour-long fascinating conversation about the clues who did this why did they do that what was that why was that put there and it was just fascinating so in retrospect I actually got a lot out of it just mm -hmm. even if it was just exploring it in my head it was an intellectual exercise for me so i i it was great yeah 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 definitely because you know because this film you know i i think it has quite a lot to it it's one of those like um uh fairly lengthy like over two hour movies that you know is um you could you could say like is a bit too long but despite that it manages to pack so much it packs so much into itself and i felt it was the first time I'd seen a film at the festival that I just felt very enveloped in. And it was very, you know, it was very, it was extremely entertained by and very much was also um, both, it did things I expected and also surprised me as well. And that's, you know, a testament to any like good mystery whodunit film. And, you know, on the whole, I think that um, with this film and Knives Out, uh, Ryan Johnson has kind of added, like done new things with the whodunit genre, which is a very hard thing to do but i think he's managed to do it so yeah okay uh to move on to the next film uh that would be a bit of a smaller one but still one that's based on a uh, best-selling book that you might have heard of it's called uh, aristotle and dante discover the secrets of the universe and uh it's basically um uh it, it, it's kind of a it, it's a teen story that then morphs into kind of a gay love story um and it's very much you know about like you know emotions and you know bad situations and you know mentally dealing with your sexual sexuality and relationships and a lot of hot topics and um you know the way that i took it was that a lot of it didn't quite hit for me until the third act but uh unlike me 
the way that my mum felt about it, it was effective all the way through. I think, I mean, I have to put my hand up and say LGBTQ films are my favourite film genre. So I, I'm, I was going to, unless it was horrible, I was going to like it. And I and I did. I really liked it. It was, it was, it was a sweet love story set in, you know, in difficult conditions for the, for the two 16 year old boys involved in it. But, um, you know, they went through a lot and they got through a lot and their families were just sweet. And I really, I, I just really, it really enjoyed it. And yeah, particularly I liked, and I, I know we'll talk about, you know, the, the panels and stuff, but the, the two actors and the director were, were, did a Q&A afterwards and they were just so sweet. One of the actors were just hugging the director all the time and I just... I'm just a sucker for that sort of stuff, so so mm. I'd really recommend it. I went, I, I saw Wildhood, which is a similar similar gay teen film last year at TIFF, and I loved that. It wasn't quite as good as that, but I would still recommend it, and I hope it gets a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do as well. Uh, played well for it theatrically. Audience seemed to enjoy it. Was shot well, um, and yeah, it was very. I, I think will hopefully appeal to a lot of people. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the only other thing I want to mention as well was that, you know, the film, um, you know, it kind of like when it hit home for me was when the, the drama became big as well, or what became as big as it could be given the sort of limited scope. And, you know, personally speaking, it then kind of made it a bit worth it, you know, worth worth watching through the first two acts that, you know, it's not that they didn't have drama, it's just that it was a bit lighter. But then I think when it came to play and it comes to play and also in a very like, powerful sequence that really like you know was shocking and satisfying all at once you know in in the third act that really that is is definitely is probably one of my favorite sequences so far in any film that i've seen at the festival yeah i would so yeah on that basis yeah i definitely i, I would i would recommend it too uh okay to move on to the uh, fifth film uh this will be one that will get a lot of attention hopefully um empire of lights the new sam mendez movie that is basically set in a um a uh, bit of a hard time for Britain. It's the 80s, uh, but it's set around this uh, cinema and it revolves around this romance that develops between uh, these two very different people that are sort of united by the kind of social situations that are kind of oppressing them in a sense. Uh, Olivia Coleman and newcomer Michael Ward, uh, both of them do a very good job in the film. Uh, the film itself is kind of both a uh, exploration of these two characters also a comment on society and also you know kind of a bit of a love letter towards going to the movies and yeah i think that uh both of us had personal things sort of connections but i think that for my mom it was a lot more personal so yeah, yeah. i think I think because it was set in the early 80s when I, when I was, you know, I was a young young woman and um, it just brought, you know, it brought in everything about that, you know, Thatcherism, poverty, racism, riots, it, you know, it sort of, it was just had that, they were in this, they were in this drab seaside town in, in this drab place and they managed to make this connection with each other, which was really, which was really nice, really good. Um, I, I loved the, I remember, it, I loved all the, the, the sequences in the cinema with the lights coming the light coming out of the projection box the drape curtains across the front the velvet seating the popcorn it was just great it, I, I really enjoyed it and I thought Olivia Colman was very good and so was Michael Ward too so I would I would definitely recommend it 
Yeah, yeah. I would I would say that for me personally, um, I was although I was recognizing some sort of familiar elements that you know um, some viewers might slightly scoff at, like you know um, the whole like focus on like you know them the the two main characters not having the best lives and then coming together and kind of having this relationship uh or you know stuff like you know the the on occasion like fairly romantic view of going to the cinema as well um i was recognizing those elements that i had seen in movies before but i was still fairly enjoying it um it was beautifully presented beautifully shot by um esteemed cinematographer roger deakins um it's definitely it's, it's a gorgeous movie that you should definitely see in a cinema um it's very much a film that you know for the for the first two acts i would say was fairly clear and concise and definitely focused on you know again a love story with these kind of social things thrown in there um but for me personally and this might be where a bit of a divide happens for audience members there are the the film gets a bit heavier and it gets a bit darker and there are things that come in that uh were foreshadowed definitely but for me felt a little bit tonally out of what out of place um i personally felt that the film slightly lost something in the third act and it also kind of didn't help that the film unfortunately did suffer from um ending fatigue in the sense that you know there were plenty of points where i thought the film was going to end but it kind of just kept going on and on so that did take me out of the experience somewhat um so i would have you know yeah i don't know how i would have fixed that but i would have i would have i think the film just needed to be a bit more concise and that did slightly it didn't ruin the experience but it's like it dampened it a little bit but at the same time though the film itself still it still engaged me and uh, there was still stuff personally i saw in it um especially as a person who has worked at cinema as well i you know i just i that all of that stuff was so like you know it it just felt real and authentic and real, relatable and stuff so yeah on the whole uh, not a high recommendation but still yeah i would still recommend it um okay all right and the last one of this bunch uh that we are talking about is uh the sun which unfortunately my mum didn't get a chance to see but uh i will be telling you what i thought of it um this is florian zeller who directed the father um and who wrote it as well or wrote the play that it was based on directing another film based on one of his plays uh and it stars hugh jackman as this um uh somewhat decently well-off guy who ends up having these like big family issues in regards to his son who ends up who is dealing with some like very heavy mental issues and um you know the film itself uh i think it doesn't quite have the same impact as the father and isn't quite as good but that being said it did get to me emotionally there were definitely points in it that there were individual scenes that i thought were very touching and very like you know heavy and hard hitting um i think it's one of those films where perhaps how much you enjoy it would depend on like how much you can relate to the family situation i did find stuff to relate to surprisingly enough almost to the point where it was kind of scary um and the film itself, I did think, was uh, very, like, very well intentioned. Um, it had very good acting from basically everybody. Uh, Hugh Jackman, in particular, does a very, very good job playing this very, um, like, again, put upon father that is still trying to be as good of a guy as he can be, um, you know. But I did think that the film um, didn't quite unlike the father this didn't quite translate to film as well uh there were aspects of it that i think would probably work well on stage that didn't quite work as well in a film uh including some dialogue 
certain things being shown or certain things being said and not shown. And um, I think the film perhaps maybe goes a little bit overboard with the emotion sometimes to the point where I think perhaps in the ending, which might split people's minds, which what was very shocking in the moment uh, might strike some people as perhaps like just trying too hard to like bring tears out of the audience. And I will say that a couple of people did come out of the film crying. Um, so I think it will probably be effective for a lot of people. Um, it's not great, but you know, I still, I still respected it. And, you know, I, I respected um, how that Florian Zello tried to present this very like hard, sad situation, but this very realistic situation as well with as much like, you know, detail as possible without like outright showing anything too like graphic or anything so yeah 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 a bit, a bit mixed but you know yeah I, I would still say go see it um so and just to end this brief section uh what would you say and what, I'll, I'll say some stuff as well what would you say was like a particularly good memory of like you know audience reactions q a speeches beforehand anything like that anything outside the film um well there was a q a aristotle and dante which i've already mentioned then also i thought when sam, sam mendes introduced um his um film and he did a really good speech he came across as an, i never thought he was particularly nice but he came across as being really nice and um it, it was just nice and Livia Carman walked on the stage and it was like, God, I'm in the same room, room as Livia Carman. So that was a massive thrill for me. Mm-hmm. So that was mine. Yeah, personally for me, I mean, I definitely, yeah, I, I got that same feeling for many of the actors, you know, or many of the creators, you know, especially like 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 Ryan Johnson, definitely. Um, oh, uh, oh, who else? Um, I, I, I'd say he was probably the main one and he gave like the shortest introduction by far, you know, um, which was kind of funny, but, you know, but... Yeah, uh, for me personally, it was it was probably less the introductions and more the kind of audience reactions to the various films. Because um, in case you don't know, uh, they can be quite a rowdy bunch. But thankfully, it's all within good spirits. It's all within a lot of the movies and stuff like that. And um, there were definitely some like instances where they had some very like loud laughs, gasps, uh, very loud like you know even applauses during certain individual moments as well which was kind of like unexpected but very very fun and great to see you know it's very it's, it's a positive atmosphere here so uh yeah so far uh it's been very good um so yeah we will be back in a moment with uh our thoughts on uh women talking triangle of sadness and return to dust Hello and welcome to part two of this recording. Uh, just split it up into just because of a, a few issues that were just caused a bit of a delay. But thankfully, me and Penny are here now just to talk about uh, the rest of the films that we saw together at TIFF. Uh, uh, part three will cover just the films that I saw. But, you know, we will have plenty to talk about in terms of the films that the two of us saw continuing on from uh, part one. So uh, the next film that we saw together was uh, Women Talking. And uh, this is Sarah Polly's first film in about a decade after her documentary stories we tell and uh this is very different because this is a it's a drama that follows uh, a bunch of women in a, a religious community in the 60s that have uh, basically all experienced these like horrific acts of like sexual assault and uh they are basically kind of talking to deal with like you know 
what to do next and how to actually like handle this issue now that it's actually like been kind of exposed uh so yeah it's a very uh, despite being a film that's about like very obviously very like dark weighty subject matter it's a film that kind of takes this very like kind of um debate quality where uh, it's all about these people with different perspectives and all of these views are heard understood uh yeah disagreed with on occasion but still you know on some level there is humanity and sympathy in the depiction of all of these different women despite them in a lot of ways all having these different clashing viewpoints um it's a film that is uh very very like effective as a drama um it's excellently performed by the cast uh it's very well directed um you know some people might be put off by the um very like dark desaturated color palette but um you know even though it was a bit jarring at first uh, i did get used to it um same with the dialogue again sometimes it can be a bit like contemplative a little bit um uh philosophical maybe even a bit stagey but um as the film goes on i thought it was very very effective and i thought that the film uh kind of used it to shed light on these different viewpoints and also to help us get to know these characters as well through their differing perspectives so um yeah i did at the end of the day even though it's not necessarily an enjoyable film i did i did like it you know i did i i can't i i i did really enjoy it um what about you penny okay well i i'm not sure i don't think i i i I didn't enjoy it um and it's silly because it's a film about women and and you think I, i was naturally drawn to watch it but i don't know what it just came across to me as just a bit sort of unrealistic um it was it was it just I, I i just didn't believe what was happening on the screen um and that's i think that's that's my fault i don't think that's the filmmakers i mean but but the performances were really good claire foy was really really good so was Rooney mara so were all all of the all of the women um there was one man Ben Wishart and I, I didn't think he was I thought he was miscast and not very good but so performances were great to me but I, I I wouldn't watch it again and it didn't really make me think okay all right yeah 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 yeah. so yeah I'm kind of the opposite um uh also in Ben, ben Wishart as well I, I thought he was very he was very good but um yeah but uh okay yeah so um yeah so but and despite that as well I do think that this movie might like fairly resonate with like a lot of people as well again there are so many different perspectives that are kind of shown that you'll probably see yourself in one of them um you know so yeah i did yeah i i i did overall like it it's not my favorite of the films that i saw at the festival but i do think that um it did get second place at the um people's choice award uh tiff ranking and uh yeah i do think it it, it deserves that place definitely uh okay all right to move on to the next film that we saw on the same day um Triangle of Sadness, uh, the new film by uh, Ruben Ostland, uh, the director of uh, Force Majeure and The uh, Square. Uh, Two films that I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of his films, actually, and this was the first one I watched. But um, this was definitely up there as being one of my favourites at the festival. Um, I think uh, it made me... Not only did it make me curious about watching his other films as well, but it also made me just... um, It it made me laugh. Um, It heavily put stuff into my mind about you know like capitalism and class because that's kind of the satire of the film and uh it does so in a way that's both like thoughtful but also hilarious as well and really outrageous um there are just sections of this movie especially if you like go into it completely blind which i think you should do there are just sections that will just like have you laughing but also will make you really grossed out um 
it's a film that is very well shot it's beautiful to look at uh the structure of it is really well handled um the film has such a clear distinctive react structure that really benefits it uh it's a very lengthy film but it didn't feel too long and it kept me consistently entertained um you know and it's also one that i think is pretty excellently acted from a, a bit of a strange cast but it's a cast of actors who will perfectly suit their roles and really really do excellently um it, it, it's it's the kind of movie that i think you know i i'd sort of say it's kind of like uh if you took parasite and basically changed up the sort of plotting and story but still it gave it that same kind of sense of thematic purpose and commentary and still made it really really entertaining like that film was but just kind of did it in a different way i think if you like that movie and if, if you just like these kind of like quirky weird satires then i think you'll really enjoy it and i, I had a really great time with it okay yeah i i i, I was the same Robert. i thought i thought it was completely utterly brilliant it was it was the best film i saw when i was at tiff it was so it was just so funny and so and so interesting and it really made me it really made me think had a really good good I, th- I thought the story plot line was really good um and it was just sometimes it was just like you're sort of laughing and then something horrendously gross would happen on this on this on the screen you just thought I cannot be that I'm not seeing that that I'm not seeing that um but it was it was really good and really enjoyable and I loved it Mm-hmm. yeah i agree on that front as well um you know uh again as i said acting was really excellent especially from um uh the leads uh harris dickerson and uh you know the recently de- de- deceased but still you know th- this was still a really good showcase for a like short-lived um you know time as an actress uh charlie dean as well as the um as the girlfriend of uh, harris dickerson as well she was really really good too um yeah everyone in the cast did really well and uh i think that the um yeah, it's also the kind of film that, despite being so long, um, you know, doesn't it, it doesn't really have a conventional like ending as well. And you know, maybe some people will be put off by that, but I actually quite like the ending and the way it concluded as well. So um, yeah, like don't go into it expecting a traditional movie. Go in expecting something that will be weird but still very very fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Okay. So to move on to the next one. Um, that will be uh, Return to Dust, this uh, Chinese drama that's all about, um, you know, poor rural uh, Chinese farmers that are living on like the kind of the fringe of uh, society, um, you know. And this one was, uh, it was it was one that I really didn't know that much about going into it. And uh, upon watching it, I have to say that, um, you know, it, it wasn't bad by any means, but I think just the perspective it took wasn't something that um, I could really get into. To me, it took too much of a cold observatory perspective upon these people's lives rather than like an emotional one that would have really gotten me into, you know, the story and, um, you know, the characters and maybe really invested and interesting in like, you know, their plight and what was going on. Uh, you know, to me, it just sort and it made for a film that I unfortunately found quite boring. Um, you know, but I will admit that, uh, in the third act there were some scenes that were very very well done and some scenes that were quite uh harrowing and um powerful um so i can't necessarily i can't in any way call it a bad film um but it's just one that didn't do much for me um i i i, I liked it and um the, i think probably because the 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 two main characters were middle-aged people who hadn't been able to get married for economic for economic reasons on his part and because she was disabled on the woman's part. They were forced to get married 
so their families could get rid of them and they had this that had they had they had to eke out this living on this farm and you watch the different different seasons the backbreaking work they had to go through they ended up building their own house entirely from their own hands you know there was no there's no technology it was like it was like sort of 13th century england it was just it was just just totally not this world but i i thought it but i i just was very touched by it you know they started out not knowing each other and then they got closer and closer they had this shared task um and there was you know not one word of love no kiss no nothing but you could tell how much they actually really loved each other and i just loved that so that's it yeah 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 so yeah so far i think she just uh, she got invested in it and i didn't so you know uh yeah yeah i guess it's just the difference in perspective i suppose um you know uh so yeah overall uh to well 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 yeah over, I, I think that I mean, that's basically it um to move on to the uh uh next film that we saw together and this will be skipping ahead a little bit but to move on to the next film that we saw together a few days later uh that would be the banishees of Inishirim, uh which is the new film by martin mcdonough after uh three billboards basically it's uh this tale of uh these two friends who end up um, basically having this, like, feud and conflict um, that all comes from, you know, uh, one of them basically wanting to just end the friendship. Um, and, you know, like, saying too much, I think, would it kind of give it away. You know, like a lot of films at this festival, I think it's good to kind of go into the film only knowing the basic baseline of it, because, you know, uh, what kind of comes of it as well is very, very, like, it's funny as well in, you know, the kind of in Bruges, uh, and again, free billboards kind of style, but it's paired with like this quite like um, harsh subject matter as well. That honestly, I found uh, to be the the kind that was both relatable and also very very relevant and current to how we live our lives now. Um, it's the kind of film that um, I, I I did really really like it, and uh, it's definitely it, it, it's it's kind of tied for a triangle of sadness for me personally. Um, just because, like, not only was it very well executed, but it just had this kind of... The drama just had this, like, affecting, powerful feel that, again, I could kind of see myself in. But at the same time, though, it also had me, you know, very much seeing the flaws of both characters and being kind of annoyed by them, yet also understanding why they were the way they were. Uh, it also helps that, you know, uh, the performances from uh, Colin Farrell and Blen- Brennan Gleeson are really, really good. Uh, Farrell. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Especially, I think, does an excellent job playing a character that is, in many ways, very hard to like, but you still do sympathize with him despite everything. Um, and uh, it's another great, like performance dynamic between these two after in bruges uh and it's a film that has not only probably one of my favorite third acts of the year but has also uh the ability to make a scene with a donkey uh really surprisingly sad harrowing and powerful all all at once so um yeah i did really enjoy it yeah I'd, i'd agree with everything you said robert i think i think particularly i thought colin farrell was brilliant really really good Really, really good performance. I think he deserves an Oscar nomination, definitely. Um, and so I enjoyed it, it for every reason you said. You know, just it, it just sort of pointed out in a in a sort of in a way that um, you know we might have these arguments and so forth, but that's not really the important thing. You've got to you've got to see what the really important and sad things that are happening in 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 your in your community are, rather than just focusing on your own own little little squabbles. So yeah, so that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which which you definitely see in some of the supporting cast as well, who also do really, really well too. Um and the film yeah, again the film itself is pretty hilarious, has a lot of funny dialogue and that does help with like the setup of it. Um, the kind of setup that it does seem again very very strange and again very very petty but as it goes on it really critiques that pettiness and kind of you know very heavily has you going like come on guys why are you doing this you know like you you could just not do this you could just you know patch things up and stuff but you know what happens is so harsh in the film and so 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 dark but um, still really again it kind of gets across that message and you know again it's a message that I think, again, people can kind of see themselves in, you know, like the whole point of like conflict and like how that's, you know, inherently it's just bad, you know, especially if it's between, you know, two people with a lot of history and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes out, definitely watch it. Um, So the last film, and uh, this is a bit of a interesting distinction because I was originally going to see this film at TIFF. Um, Unfortunately, there was a clash and I couldn't, but, I still saw it in Canadian cinemas, so basically it counts. Um, Pearl, the uh, prequel to uh, the horror slasher X that came out earlier this year, uh, takes a bit of a different approach. Obviously, you know, prequel, so it goes back into the past uh, and it kind of explores uh, the sort of origins of um, the main villain of that film, uh, Pearl, this farmer's daughter, who basically has these dreams and aspirations, but basically goes completely mad and you know a lot of bloody violent stuff happens and you know it's just depicting her basically descending into madness and you know um you know wanting to follow her dreams but you know that ends up being quite hard to pull off so um yeah 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 this was uh very very cool for me to watch and see play out as a person who quite enjoyed x um it was it's the kind of film that i think if you have seen that film it does benefit heavily because you know you get to see 
kind of again you get to see this kind of origin story you get to you get to like see how these two films like link up despite their differences and um it's a very interesting movie that does really flesh out its main character very well um you know she is a villain but at the same time she is somebody who you can kind of sympathize with despite her evil actions and i think the film has that nails that balance quite well uh mia goth gives a, a really powerful both like scary and also sympathetic performance at the same time uh there's a single take monologue towards the end that's just like stunningly well done uh what really well acted by her and really well directed too uh and i think the film it's it's excellently made as a tribute to films of the 1930s and uh ultimately it just you know did did like a a lot of horror movies should do it did really disturb me there are some parts of the film that were like pretty like creepy and hard to take you know uh so yeah i'd say i i, w- I would recommend it uh what about you okay well um as you know i i hate horror i would avoid it avoid it avoid it but um i i went to see this one and i'm glad i did um it was it was just really really engaging and I and mean, it was really violent, but it, it was sort of like it was a bit sort of violent and gory that I could actually watch it, and I and I just was really scared and creeped out by quite a few bits in it. Mm-hmm. But um, but then I, I so it did its job, and I thought it was really well acted, and it was an interesting story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and she and she hasn't seen her X as well. So I think if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it'll be a bit of a different experience. But I think you you probably might still like it. I think you just need to basically have an understanding of the kind of film that is, which is you know violent, but also kind of got this sort of uh, campy quality to it that um you know might that might seem quite weird, especially in one early scene involving like a scarecrow. But uh, it's it's still very very well done. Um. And yeah, very another like you know good addition to uh, the world that um, <clears throat> that this director has created with like with X this prior year. So um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's about it for the films that uh, me and my mum saw together. Um, as we kind of round it up, do you want to kind of mention any um, parts of maybe like stuff like audience reactions or introductions or anything like that that we experienced? Yeah, I thought, I mean, the audience reaction at Triangle Sadness was really good. I mean, they were just like laughing and exclaiming and it, they were very loud and, and it was really good. It, 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 they were sort of, you would, I was doing it and they were doing it and it was it made a real good like communal feeling. And then with the Banshees in the Sheeran, it was towards the end of the end of the festival. And the, the audience, they, they were like cheering when the film came up and they were cheering about this cheering about that calling out doing everything and and i at one point i thought are these just like tiff employees who are just having like a trip out to see the film and they're so relieved the the festival's over because they they just seemed all drunk and mad but it was it was it was nice to to be a part of so i enjoyed that yeah 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 um what i would say is that for, for me in terms of any like favorite moments like that um it was kind of more like uh it, it was both a couple of things about the intros and also the Q and A's as well, because so well, my favorite one would be uh, the women talking one. Uh, the introduction of that was uh, great. Um, it was great to see it play out as well, because um, director Sarah Polly came out on stage and she kind of showed herself to be really gracious because she was all about you know complimenting the crew and the people who had kind of worked on the film but wouldn't be on the stage, as she basically put it. Um, 
so she kind of wanted people to like applaud them as well because their work was you know just as equal so that was that was really lovely it, it was a really lovely act for her for her to do um you know and the, and then uh afterwards uh, the q a um you know beyond just being a pretty good q a um i also asked a question as well and it was pretty nerve-wracking i basically like to basically describe it for you i basically had to stand up and uh kind of word this like question that i was you know i was I, I was wondering how it would come off but i but i think i worded it very very well and um uh i got a good answer out of it but i basically had to stand up in front of um all these actresses all these people all these women uh and ask this question and it was hard but you know i managed to ask it and you know again as i said got a pretty good answer out of it um if you want to watch it um on the tiff youtube channel uh the intro and the q a is uploaded just you know women talking and you just look it up and you'll find it so yeah if you want to watch it, i'd recommend it as well i'd recommend i'd recommend all of it as well it was, it was just a really really good intro um so yeah so i'll say that and uh also triangle of sadness um personally speaking uh you know i found i found that quite good too um especially you know the director kind of gave a little bit of a um speech about uh actress charlie dean who had died recently um and that was very nice nice to do uh and also he gave a little bit of a quirky funny like thing about uh his phone and like shooting on film and cinemas and stuff like that it was it, it was weird but really funny um yeah oh also triangle of sadness did start out with like an in memory of charlie dean as well and that was really and that was really sweet too uh so yeah uh yeah i will see you just me in part three but uh, i think that will be a goodbye from penny bye yeah see ya Hello and welcome to part three of this recording. Uh, it's just going to be me this time because uh, I only saw these films. Um, my mum was uh, absent for these particular showings, so uh, I just saw them. Uh, so I'll tell you what I think of them. Uh, first of all, there was uh, Sanctuary, which is uh, kind of a BDSM-focused uh, one-location, two-person uh, comedy, drama, even kind of a bit of a thriller that's uh, all about this businessman who basically wants to end his relationship with this uh, dominatrix um, uh, since he's going to be like taking over the company that he's a part of uh, very, very soon. And then that basically becomes this kind of power play when uh, the dominatrix doesn't accept that. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt that uh, for a film that was just set in one location, it was very, very well made. Uh, it had a good sense of humor. Um, it was kind of unpredictable as well, surprisingly. And uh, it, basically kind of got to the heart of like the point of bdsm which is you know like yes it's about sex but um it's also about you know like again it's about like power and there seemingly being this power imbalance but in reality the imbalance is there to benefit and help the person who seems like they're the submissive uh so like that, that, that that's kind of how i view bdsm and that's how a lot of people view it um it, it's kind of it, it's it's a film that like you know kind of digs in deep to the psychology of like uh the businessman and like you know like what we like why he's doing what he's doing and you know how he kind of tries to like fight back against the dominatrix but you know there's all this like kind of conflict between the two of them and you know she shows that she has quite a lot of power and in some ways she's almost all the time dictating what's actually going on uh it's very very well acted um uh, whilst Christopher Abbott do, do, uh, like does do quite a good job as uh, the businessman, I think Margaret Corley really steals the show. Um, she's kind of 
like one of those actresses that's getting better and better the more films I see her in. And uh, in this film, she does really, really well. She's like uh, quirky and funny and charismatic, but like really commands this like extreme sense of power. Uh, the film, the like the only real flaw with the film is just that it's a bit too long. It's like 95 minutes. Honestly, it probably could have been like 85 minutes or 80 minutes. There are some scenes that do kind of drag. Uh, there are some parts that um, maybe make the film feel a bit longer than it is. But um, aside from that, I was still very entertained. I still found it interesting. And um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd recommend it. It's good. Um, it, it worked fine in a theater, but it, you know, I think it'll be a good like streaming film maybe if, if it does come to streaming. Uh, and then the film I saw the same day uh, was uh, The Menu, um, surprisingly directed by the guy who did uh, Ali G in the House and What's Your Number. Uh, a very different kind of movie, even though it's uh, very comedic. Uh, it's another kind of like Triangle of Sadness. It's another like um, film that's a bit of a satire of like, you know, wealthy people and stuff like that. Only it kind of takes a very different approach. Um, it's the kind of film that, again, I don't really want to say too much about beyond just the basic setup of like, you know, people go to an island uh that's well it's not run by but that has like this restaurant that's owned by this like mysterious chef uh, played by ray fines and what i i'll say this um the film itself the story uh in hindsight i'm kind of wondering what it all meant and what the specific message and point was but whilst I was watching it, I did have a certain idea of what was going on. And honestly, I did find it really, really entertaining and enjoyable to see play out. Uh, the film itself is excellent, excellently edited, really, really well shot. Um, it's really, it, keep, it keeps its pace moving quite quickly. Uh, it's, again, like the handle on comedy is good, but also the handle on tension and drama and suspense is very well done too. Uh, the film has a very good cast, and uh, I think the standouts are probably Nicholas Holt as this like really, really uh, awful, hateable boyfriend. Uh, he looks like he's having loads of fun in the role, uh, and also Ray Fiennes as this like kind of again fairly like as you'd probably expect from a Ray Fiennes character, kind of a very sinister character. But th- there is something about him that is very, very interesting, and you can sort of understand why he is the way he is, and what his kind of um, perspective on the world is uh, kind of through this like cooking Uh, the film's funniest moments are probably like the moments where they like display text on screen to like, you know, say what these like meals are. And, you know, sometimes they get very, very creative with creative with it. And uh, they're kind of, it's used for hilarious like moments. Um, And yeah, and the film also ends on a moment that is kind of, um, like shocking and also a bit fitting for the story um i can't fully put together everything that the ending is saying but i can definitely i do have an idea of it again uh annie taylor joy obviously as to be expected is really good she she is really really likable in this film and um yeah the film itself it's um it is again satirical and you know it kind of it does a good job at kind of like both having these people be sympathetic, but also kind of thoroughly despicable as well. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I really enjoyed it. It's not my favorite, but I would it, I would put it up there. I'd put it up there as like one of the ones that I enjoyed the most. Um, so yeah, the one that I saw uh, the next day was uh, this movie that might be little seen, which is kind of unfortunate because you know I think it's I, I think it's pretty good. Um, Suzy searches, uh, Suzy searches is basically like. Once again, to not go into too much detail, it's basically about um, 
this uh young girl who's like this university student who's really really obsessed with like true crime and has her own podcast and uh eventually gains fame via rescuing this um uh this very like kind of popular youtuber who's also a university on on her campus you know and she kind of she gains fame from it and she gains success but then suddenly you know you it becomes clear that like that fame is going to be taken away from her and you know she tries to like maintain it and stuff like that and the film you know it's one of those movies that like you know kind of like does a bit of a switch flipping uh not too far into it like about uh, i don't know roughly i'd say half an hour into it um i still don't want to say what it is as well because i think that it's best like if you are held in surprise and then you realize oh okay the film is actually about this instead uh the film itself um it's it's quite it's very quirky and a bit awkward but it's still fairly stylized um and i think it backs up the main character's worldview uh the film again is pretty unpredictable but um you know it does like the directions that it went in i thought were fairly fitting and appropriate uh and i found the film to be like again satirical in the sense that it's kind of about like you know like the directions that people will go in for fame uh you know like what people say versus what they mean like how they present themselves versus how they are um yeah and there are even some fairly effective horror sequences as well that, um, for a first-time filmmaker, works excellently done and, you know, really make me, like, you know, it, like, they, they they make me want to see her, like, tackle a full-on horror film because, you know, like, the woman who directed this film did those scenes excellently. And, um, uh, yeah, 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 on, on the whole, I'd say I liked it. Um, it. It has quite a good ending as well, like, a very, very, like, good uh ending that will get a big reaction out of an an audience if they see it um and you know i think uh it's also kind of carried by like you know the two lead characters as well who are quite interesting um susie in particular you know is very very complicated as a character um and uh the guy that she rescues as well uh the guy that alex wolf plays um I mean, he's mainly, like, he's quite likable and sympathetic, but that's also because Alex Wolf does an excellent job playing this likable and fairly damaged but still very decent guy. Um, you know, like, even though there are kind of laughs at his expense a little bit because he practices these, like, you know, very, like, kind of full-of-themselves um, uh, meditation techniques, or he comes across as full of himself and, like, thinking he's a lot smarter than he is in these, like, kind of... Um, not so great youtube meditation videos he's still at the same time you know like is very very honest as a person and he's still very he's just a really good guy and you know that just kind of works and um you know yeah 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 i just yeah like that stuff helped and uh yeah i just found the film to be yeah very like um like like definitely an awkward film but still a film that um uh kind of successfully married like quirk with uh, heavy darkness that's how i'll put it Okay, uh, the next film, and uh, this will get a lot of attention when it comes out, uh, The Fablemans. This is uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, movie that is basically following in the tradition of like Belfast or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Roma, where it's basically a film that is all about... Sorry, just had to drink some water. It's a film that is basically all about his own life in childhood and upbringing. And, you know, it... It makes sense for Spielberg to do a movie like this because, you know, um, 
his movies have always been about family and his films have also always like you know in some way been inspired by his own past like not only making movies but also his family situation um and uh you know i mean i i am questioning you know whether how much of this movie is like true to his life and how much isn't uh i think that maybe when it comes out he'll like kind of do some interview where he just explains in detail uh every, what is true and what isn't unless he wants to keep a bit of mystery intact um but the film itself um I'd, I'd say it's probably i'd say it's pretty good um it, it's not i don't think it's quite as good good as it was hyped up to be but at the same time i think that spielberg uh he handles the emotion very well as to be expected uh the film itself does uh slightly st- suffer a little bit in its storytelling in the sense that uh the first act of the film or at least the first like 50 minutes is good uh but it is fairly light and you know i i was kind of one thinking like okay all right you're not really like this isn't that like dramatically engaging like this is fun to see play out it is very very fun to see uh this kid you know basically learning uh, about movies for the first time like seeing his first film and trying to make a film as well like that that was really endearing and sweet and nice especially because you know not only is it for like spielberg himself but it's also you know it's the kind of thing that anybody can see themselves in like anybody can see themselves you know like like they can think of any big movie fan or filmmaker can remember that time, you know, or can remember the time that they first tried to make a movie, even when they were kids. Uh, but it is fairly low on like heavy conflict. Uh, but as the film goes on, it gets more and more dramatic and it shows uh, this kind of family situation that develops, you know, especially with the mother, uh, somewhat with the father as well. And, you know, it kind of explores these different like conflicts Um and I think from that point onwards, the film is very, very successfully dramatic. Um, uh, the acting is, is as to be expected, really good. Michelle Williams does a great job, as always. Um, I think she gets a lot of really, like, raw, uh, strong acting moments. Um, you know, I think that uh, the kid who plays uh, young Sammy Fableman, who basically is Steven Spielberg as a teenager, I think he does very well, too. I think, I think he shows off that, like he can kind of act very well opposite these already established actors. Um, I'd say all the acting is really good. Uh, Seth Rogen does a really good, like, dramatic turn. Uh, Judd Hirsch has, like, basically one scene, but it's definitely one of the standout scenes of the film. Uh, Paul Dano also, do- like, he, he, he does quite well, um, even though his character, uh, for a guy that, like, was quite important to Spielberg's life, at least if you think about, you know, like, the influence that it's had on his films... Um, he is in the film quite a bit, but it doesn't feel like he quite gets the focus that, say, the mother gets, which is, um, it sounds weird, but I think when you see the film, you'll get it. Like, he is in the film, but he's definitely not, like, he's not really the center point of the drama, if that makes sense. Um, you know, but, you know, again, his scenes still work very well. Um, the, the film does have a little bit too much going on, but at the same time, um, I can understand, like, Spielberg's attempt at, like, you know, like, trying to tell a fairly slice-of-life movie where, you know, there are several different things going on at once, and maybe not one that necessarily has as traditional of a film structure. Um, You can kind of see this in the fact that, like, I mean, yeah, there is a third act of the film, definitely, but it's not really a traditional, like climax trajectory uh it's it kind of does have a bit of a conclusion but it's not you know your typical movie conclusion if that makes sense um you know but the so there are some issues but even then um for a film that is two and a half hours i didn't really feel that it 
dragged heavily. Uh, I think that the film, a lot of it really works. Uh, I think that the uh, like the characters were very likable, and you know, I think I would say a couple of them are even uh, fairly three dimensional as well. Um, the film is very funny when it needs to be, but it's also like again very dramatically effective like there's one scene that involves sammy fableman looking at footage that he's filmed and it's really well done like it, it it's a purely visual sequence and it just is so effective it just works so well uh you know there's a scene uh between him and a bully as well that's great like the, the, the axe is a perfect like kind of conclusion to um at that to that character's like various other scenes that have been a part of the film um and yeah, overall, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say it's up there with Spielberg's best, but it is, it's still a, a, a very solid film uh, from him. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, it's definitely, he, he kind of, he sort of got a bit of his mojo back with uh, West Side Story. And I think this continues it, you know, this is, this is still a very powerful film. And, you know, I think, especially if you're like, you were or are an aspiring filmmaker, uh, I think you'll relate to it very heavily. There, there were definitely parts that I relate to, um, you know, and there were some bits where I was like, wow, Spielberg, like, if this is true to your life, then you you were just blessed. Like, you were just very, very lucky, you know, being the guy that you are, you know. And um, yeah, and to capital off, uh, there is a scene that um, uh, was strange to be the ending scene of the film and does cut off very abruptly, which... I did think was kind of jarring when it happened, but that being said, the scene itself is very good. Uh, it's a funny scene, but it's also a scene that kind of speaks heavily to like Spielberg's career and where it went. And, you know, it's a moment that um, it, it, like, yeah, you could look at it and think that it's a little bit self aggrandizing, but it's kind of, it, it's a moment that just really, really, really like helps sum up what happened in his future, you know, and it's kind of a bit of a good conclusion for Sammy, the aspiring filmmaker as well. So yeah, on the whole, uh, yeah, I, I'd recommend it. Um, so, and then as for the uh, last film that I saw on my own, that would be this one called uh, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Um, it's basically a film that is uh, all about um, these environmental activists who are basically trying to kind of, as the title suggests, blow up this pipeline. And uh, what I quite enjoyed about um, this film is that, you know, it kind of, it, it takes actually a fairly sympathetic approach to like environmental, like not just environmental activism, but kind of bordering on eco-terrorism. Uh, and in high, and you know, I kind of do like the fact that, you know, like, yeah, obviously they're causing property damage and what they're doing is not legal, but at the same time, they're not really like, like they're, they're, they're not killing people or directly hurting people or anything like that and the film does a good job at showing how like the negative effects of this kind of environmental stuff can like have on these various people and also why in some ways it's you know like it, it's understandable why they'd resort to this as well so um it, it did a it had a sense of like humanity and empathy to characters that would typically just be bad guys you know in the in a film or maybe they'd be like kind of anti-villains maybe uh but in this case they're, they're more like kind of anti-heroes and even calling them anti-heroes is a little bit like they're only anti because they're kind of outside the law and stuff like that um so i did find that uh fairly daring and you know like respectable as well um 
the the film in terms of its filmmaking is uh really well done it's got this like kind of synth score that um uh kind of it gives it this sort of old-fashioned almost like kind of john carpenter feel um especially when you combined it with the sort of like uh fairly like like pretty gritty looking cinematography that almost weirdly looks like it's kind of shot on digital video almost and uh i think it works very well i think the camera work is really good uh, i think the film does have quite a lot of tension um and you know it does have some unexpected twists as well which i kind of liked um the only problem with the movie and this is something that did hold it back is the the tone of it is a little bit too like technical and cold um i didn't really find myself hugely invested in the characters and that's also kind of because you know the film kind of it, it through these flashbacks that are kind of put throughout the film holds off and revealing a lot about them until you know these flashbacks come in and they do help like they do make me understand them but they didn't really make me fully connect with them or care about them um you know like there is a bit of like backstory to them but they're not like they they never none of them really stood out as being really strong characters um the film did have like you know a couple that i, I was emotionally invested in and uh, i had one that kind of threw me for a loop in terms of how she was but um uh, but aside from that, I wasn't, again, I wasn't that invested. Uh, the acting was good, but nothing like amazing uh, or outstanding. Uh, it was, it, it was good. It, it was, it was a well-chosen cast of like, you know, um, like somewhat recognizable actors that I think like, uh, kind of like, they, 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 they are more like character actors, but they, but, but they all, it's a bunch of young actors that did very, very well still in the film. And uh, yeah, overall, I mean, I'd say, uh i i enjoyed it. it it was it was fairly uh average you know it wasn't wasn't bad but it wasn't like amazingly good either it was just it was okay it was it, it was decent um uh yeah overall uh if i had to like think of anything that was particularly memorable about the experiences of seeing any of these films on their own uh you know audiences again were a ton of fun in all of them uh, I did really enjoy, like, you know, how into the films they were. And, you know, I did like how the film, the the, the films themselves, like, kind of, like, they had these moments that, like, really specifically got to the audience members. Like, there's a moment in the third act of The Fablemans where Sammy, it's the scene with Sammy and the bully, right? And Sammy says something that just got such a big laugh out of um, the audience. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of an, an on-the-nose line, but it's very, very, it's really great. It's, it's 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 really funny um and well what else i mean like you know there like there, 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 there are some other bits too as well that the audience just like like they just laughed and they just really had a good time watching them uh you know i would say like uh the two q a's that i stayed in attendance for were quite fun to watch uh i basically you know did get to ask a question in both of them again got good answers um the uh, how to blow up a pipeline q a was uh, very interesting because uh, the director of it just basically went into such extreme detail on all of the questions but you know he kind of he again it was really fascinating to like listen to the creative process of like you know how he put the film together and you know the collaborative aspect um you know if you want like <clears throat> if you want an idea of like you know how filmmaking works or how development works and anything like that, you know, you bet you basically should just listen to any Q and a, because, you know, if it's a good one, then uh, the director or the writer or the actors will like go into, will like explain it very heavily and give you a very good idea of it. 
you know, and that's basically what these Q and A's did, and and they were and they were a ton of fun. Um, specifically, uh, I'm talking about the Susie Searches Q and A and the How to Blow Up a Pipeline Q and A as well. So uh, yeah, on the whole, at TIFF, uh, I had a very good time. Uh, I really enjoyed the experience. Um, I enjoyed most of the films, and um, yeah, definitely can't wait for them to actually like come out. So therefore, you know, can speak about them in a bit more detail with some people and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, on the whole, that's a goodbye from me, and uh, I will see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.